What if there was a way to hack your brain? To figure out why you're not taking the action you know you need to, and why the action you are taking isn't working? Well, there is. And this podcast is designed to show you how to do that, to see your mind, to coach yourself, and ultimately to create the life and business of your wildest dreams without the hustle or the stress. I'm your host, Elizabeth Salazar. Let's dig in. Hello there. Welcome back. Today's episode, I'm pretty excited about. It is called the four essential experiences to consistently growing your business. Now, because I have a mastermind called the Consistent Business Builders Mastermind, I spend a certain amount, I was going to say a lot, but I'm like, nah, that's relative. I spend time thinking about what a consistently growing business means, what that involves, and how to help my clients and you as a listener, right? A future client to create that result for yourself. And so I've broken this down into four experiences. That's, that's kind of how I'm leading you into this. <laughs> but really, when I think about what an experience is, it's, it's an emotion. It's an energy, but it is also an experience. So my clients are hard workers. They are used to being very focused, very productive, and having this driven energy to get things done. But when it's come to their business, and I remember this experience myself, everything that I did wasn't creating the result that I wanted. Everything that I knew that had been successful and worked in the past wasn't working. And so for the first time, my clients come to me and they realize that the equation that we'd always been taught about being a hard worker, putting in the time, doing it better, building the skill, that that equation wasn't working. And that's confusing, right? That's really hard to wrap your mind around because again, everything in our society, even every part of our past successes tells us that the more we do, the more energy, the better skill, the more effort, that that is what creates the results we want. That's what creates the success. And so when you come into your coaching business and you find out that that's not the entire equation, that there was always something else to it that was happening on its own, that it was happening very naturally and easily, it kind of gets frustrating. It's frustrating to realize that there's more to it and that it's not clicking in quickly in your coaching business. And what happens when a coach realizes this, right? They realize that what they're doing isn't creating the result that they want. The brain just naturally creates solutions. And what I love about the brain is that it basically just tells everybody the same kind of stuff. And so your brain, if you're in this situation, it might be saying something like, I'm not getting the result I want, even though I'm doing all of this stuff because my messaging isn't clear or because I'm not getting in front of enough people or I'm missing something or I'm doing it wrong or not enough. And then when you start to think you're doing it wrong, then becomes the need to change things. Like, well, I mean, if I'm doing this, if it's my offer, if it's who I'm serving, then I need to change that. 
if it's like, maybe I just need to do more. And then there's another group of people who are like, maybe I'm broken. And so when we go through these four experiences, three of them are going to be challenging, but you're going to learn them and you're going to love them, right? It's going to take effort to learn a different way, but once you do, you're actually going to love it. The fourth one though, this one's going to be the one that has the biggest impact. I'm going to save it for you till last and it's going to be the most uncomfortable. So four of these experiences are going to be what you need to create a consistent business. Three of them will be fun and enjoyable. They'll feel pretty good, but the fourth one is going to be where your growth is at. So make sure you listen all the way through to hear what the fourth experience is. So the first experience and how I've broken this down is I'm going to tell you why it's essential and I'm going to tell you what it looks like because I want to make sure that when you hear what this experience is, that you walk away understanding why and how to do it, right? How to get started doing it. So the very first experience that you need to create in order to create a consistent business is a steadiness of emotion. Often what people tell me is that they feel my calmness even through this podcast, right? They feel it when I'm coaching them. They feel it when I'm talking to them. They hear it through my voice. And so we can hear this first experience as calmness, but really what calmness is, is it's a steadiness of emotion. And why is a steadiness of emotion important? It's because of what the opposite of a steadiness of emotion is. And so in that, before you master the steadiness of emotion, you're usually in this state of being up and down, being um, drug around by the normal parts of business. And it feels like it's happening to you. Like you go onto social media and you see something, even if it's somebody you love, and you just start to feel awful. Or you sign a new client, right? So you feel excited and then something else happens. Maybe somebody replies to an email and they're like, like one time this person on my business Facebook page messaged me to let me know that I don't have any engagement there and that I'm just lying to people and falsely representing a training that I was doing and that like then she started to get really critical about details like that my email address was at gmail and how it wasn't even professional and right so it's like in the same moment that you are winning something else that's actually very normal and common in business is going to also probably happen and i remember like right i felt that like that emotion of like <gasps> what's happening here <laughs> I felt right like and you're going to feel that up and you're going to feel that down because as you grow your business, they're both part of the experience. Not only are you going to make more money in a month than you've ever made, not only are you going to make more money than you've ever made in your like previous jobs or more than your partner or right like any, any of that detail, right? Signing a new client, helping somebody winning, like hearing their wins. But there's also always the flip side of that. And those are things like a client quitting, 
somebody replying to a message with some craziness. <laughs> um, like, right? Like there's always both sides. Think of it like the coin. There's this tails and there's a heads. And so as you grow your business, you have the experience of both sides of the coin. And so when you think about, when I think about why it's essential to experience and learn how to have an emotional steadiness, it's because when you have emotional steadiness, what you have is the skill to calm yourself down, whether it's from a high or a low, so that you can, from a steady emotion, like create perspective for yourself. So I remember when that person messaged me on Facebook and I remember because I had that ability to calm myself, I created that perspective. And then there was somebody else who apparently this person even taken it to their Facebook group and was like using me as an example of how not to do it. Now, my mind had all the thoughts, like I'm probably making more money than you. This is what people do when they're like, insecure and trying to criticize other people and right I had all the I had all the normal thoughts that somebody might have but as soon as somebody messaged me and was like oh my gosh she's using you as an example that was the moment that I had to make sure that I didn't reply from a state of unsteadiness right from that high of emotion of anger or irritation or right like self-righteousness and so I got myself to that steady emotional place And I was able to reply to her having compassion for that other person, having acceptance and understanding that that's just the experience that that person was having, that she was thinking something was true. She was probably herself triggered and then going out and using her emotional trigger to create content from thinking she was helping people, right? So from my emotional steadiness, I had the ability to give myself perspective to calm myself down and handle the situation from excellence. And you will need this steadiness of emotion in your business as you grow, because consistently growing means that you are consistently creating new and different problems. Problems like having six clients and then going to 20 clients. Now at first that doesn't sound like a problem, but there will be problems in there like, oh wait, I need to hire somebody or send my kids to daycare. Oh wait, there's coronavirus, at least currently. Hopefully not forever. I hope there's a point when I re-listen to this podcast and I'm like, remember when there was that coronavirus world pandemic thing? You know, wishful thinking, but it will happen someday. And so, right, you have all these other variables like, can I coach for 20 hours a week? Will I be exhausted? One of my clients in the, in the mastermind, she actually posted that. She's like, I'm working with 22 clients and I'm exhausted. And what her mind was telling her was that it was exhaustion from the coaching. And that was the part where we went through and it's like, no, it's actually your mind creating this exhaustion. And that's a new problem you have to learn to solve for with this emotional steadiness. So creating this emotional steadiness allows you to move more quickly through the very normal things that are going to happen in your business. So what does emotional steadiness look like? Now we can call it calmness 
And calmness is really just presence, right? You're in this moment right now. You're not thinking about what happened in the past. You're not thinking about what's happening in the future, right? You're not thinking about what you did 10 minutes ago. You're not thinking about what you're going to do five minutes from now. You're just here right now in this moment. Often that calmness comes through breathing on purpose. So when I notice my body starting to to get worked up or just not feeling calm and steady, the way that I bring myself back is with my breathing, by taking deep breaths, by reminding myself that I'm here in this moment, reminding myself that my emotions aren't happening to me, but that I'm actually creating them. And that because I'm creating them, I can bring my own self back. Calmness is where you go, right? When you have a sense of calmness, you can go there. When you know how to access it, you can go there to sort through your mind, to create that perspective. Calm is where you can hang out most of the time, or at least when you remember. That's kind of the cool thing about these different experiences we're going to talk about is that before you learn how to have them and hold them, they will feel like something you just come to for a little bit. And then as you experience holding them for longer and longer, really what you'll do is you teach yourself, your brain, how to hold this as just a way of being. And then you will just feel calm the majority of the time. And calm is an experience of yourself in life. And for me, it's very easy for me to go to emotions like annoyed or pressure or like that urgency, that like driven emotion, right? Like in the scheme of fight or flight, my default is fight. And so that like that rush comes to me very easily, but calm is an experience I give myself. It's that relaxing of that fight energy and coming down to a calm place. But calm isn't enough, right? And that's why we don't end this podcast with one experience. Because calm, like if you think about who exhibits calm like a, like a, like a ninja, <laughs> it's a monk, right? A Buddhist monk. I don't know any other monks. Are there Christian monks? I have no idea. But we're going to go with a Buddhist monk. So when we think of somebody that exudes calmness, I picture a monk in the mountains in some like little thing and they're just very calm and serene, but they don't create consistently growing businesses. Why? Because there's more to your business than just being calm. And so that's where these next experiences come in. So the second experience that it takes in order to create a consistently growing business, you pair it with calm, is a done energy. Now in my daily work, which is my opt-in, if you're not on my mailing list, if you haven't gone through this, if you're not doing it, uh, do it. What are you thinking here? (laughs) Maybe you forgot to do it, but do it. One of the things that you do in that daily work is you practice creating a done energy. So why is a done energy 
important to consistently growing your business? Again, we're going to come back to what's the opposite of done energy. The opposite of it is doubt. It's disbelief. It's uncertainty that what you you have in mind, right? Your goal, your desire for your business. It's this belief that it would never work, right? So done energy is the opposite of doubt and disbelief and uncertainty. It's, it's a certainty. It's a belief that it's done. Because when you show up to your business, and, and this is so sneaky and sly, it shows up in little ways, like believing that what you're doing isn't working. And even as I say that, you might be like, yeah, but no, really, if it was working, I'd have the result I want. But no, that is approaching your business from the disbelief, the uncertainty, rather than from a place of doneness. Because here's the thing, when you show up to your business from an opposite of done, right? Doubt, disbelief, opposite of done energy, you will have very consistent and predictable patterns of being in your business. So when you set a goal, but you don't believe you can hit it, or you're kind of like doubtful, uncertain, it doesn't feel in your control, you're going to second guess your decisions, right? You're going to be trying to get it right. And so you're going to spend a lot of time and effort and energy making decisions. And then very quick to be like, oh my gosh, that one didn't work. I better make it quickly. I better re-decide quickly, right? I was going to say it. I'm so saying it so fast. My own brain's like, I can't, I can't get over the words, right? So you're going to second guess your decisions, trying to get it right. You're going to give up before you finish the idea, I have seen this happen with so many clients where they decide they're going to do something, but they don't finish it all the way through to the end because there becomes some new thought in there like, this isn't working. I better cut my losses. I don't know why this isn't working. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. Like, I really need to create more space for myself. Um, Since it's not working, I might as well just stop. Right? You create for yourself when you don't believe it's done. You create for yourself that you give up too early. You change your mind 13 times jumping around. Right? It kind of goes back to that same thing, giving up before you're finished, changing your mind about all the details in between. And when you do that, you don't give yourself time to let something work. You don't give yourself the space then to be able to learn from yourself as in sticking with whatever it was you did. When you don't have that done energy, right? When you're coming from that doubt and disbelief, you don't have the same energy, right? It's kind of lackluster. You aren't as focused. You aren't as energized and driven because you're doubting that it will even work right? Versus, right? I'm telling you the opposite because I want to make it so clear that when you are not in done energy, you're in a place that's not done energy, right? You're in that doubt. But when you know it's done, you will behave differently. You will show up to your goal differently and you will create different results, so I wanted to have a couple of examples because you actually know done energy, but you're not used to accessing it. So if you've ever gone to grad school, you probably, or even if you thought about doing it, right? Like I haven't gone to grad school, but I know that if I started, I would finish it. 
right? There's that sense of doneness, even though, even though I, I'm not even interested in going, I can feel that sense of doneness that if I decided I was, there's no way I wouldn't finish it. There's no way. It wouldn't matter how much time it took. It wouldn't matter who my teachers were. I would know that I was in control to finish it and that I would. Approaching your goals from that doneness causes you to show up to them differently. You figure out what you're in control of. You remember that you have until forever and you remember why you want that goal. I think a great example of this is a $100,000 business. Until you have a $100,000 business, that's kind of the like next level. And so I want you to imagine, I want you to consider that a $100,000 business for you is already done. I want you to feel that certainty. How can I be so certain of that? How can you be so certain? Because if you're committed to creating it, no matter how long it takes, no matter how many different times you fail, no matter what, you will, right? It's done. How do we know it's done? Because it's up to you. And I love that. I love that sense of control. When I think about something being done because it's up to me, I'm like, oh yeah, put it in the, put it in the bag, it's done, right? I don't have certainty in my business as this thing outside over there. I don't have certainty in how it will happen. What I always have certainty in, what I feel in control of is myself because I'm in control of my mind. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of what I do or don't do. I'm in control of how I problem solve. I'm in control of who I hire to mentor me, to help me shift and change my mind to get me there. I'm in control of how I learn from myself. I'm in control of how long I wallow (laughs) in places that don't serve me. I am in control of never giving up. I'm in control. You are in control as well. It's done. And so done energy is not a single emotion or feeling. Some of my clients come to me and probably about 50% of them have an awareness of emotions and the other 50% don't. And so I want to make this, I want to make this really simple and easy to understand for everybody because I also am kind of making this up, right? Like done energy isn't a real thing. It's a combination of emotions. It's, it's a way, it's just putting a label on something, right? So just like Napoleon ice cream isn't one flavor of ice cream. It's still a flavor of ice cream. So done energy isn't one emotion. It's a combination of emotions. And for each person, it might be slightly different. For me, when I think about a done energy, I feel a calmness. It's it's kind of grounded. It's kind of heavy. If you're not familiar with the word grounded, I kind of visualize inside of my body like there's a balloon And there's something weighted on the bottom of the balloon. So there's a fullness, but it's kind of heavy on the bottom. So inside of this done energy, right? It's that calmness. It's that grounded feeling. It's a certainty. It's accomplishment. It's pride. It's 
it's like if you're if you're going to have a big party, right? If you're planning a big party and you've already like planned on other people cleaning it up and you sit down, the party has already started, all the details have been executed beautifully and you just sit down and you look around and you relax and you do that like and you just sit there in awe of like I created this. This is done. I imagined this party and here it is in real time. That's done energy. It's, it's a practice of enjoying a feeling though before it's actually done. So in that example of planning a party, most what normal humans do is, well, we'll get to what they also do next, but they wait to feel that feeling until the thing is actually done. They sit at the party like, oh, it's done. And they feel that pride and that calmness and that certainty and that accomplishment. They feel that right then. But your job in using your mind on purpose is to practice finding and feeling that done energy long before it's actually done, right? You feel that about your goals, about your business, long before you ever actually do it. And here's the other thing, right? Is, is that most people wait until it's done and they sit there at the party looking around in awe. But here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about the majority of my clients is that if that was them who'd planned that big party, they would never sit down and feel that emotion of doneness. And if they did, maybe they would do it for like three seconds. And that's a very normal experience. Most people are doing that. And so you may be actually familiar and know what that done edger feels like, but you might not be used to holding it and letting it be in your body. Now, some people are gonna call this celebrating, but done energy doesn't feel like celebrating. Done energy is, is a fullness. It's, it's different, but I would say it's actually comparable and just as valuable to a celebration, right? That celebration is more like a, a high energy of like, I did it, it's done, yay, that was amazing. I don't, I don't really do that. I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> Instead, I bask in the doneness. I bask in that I created this. I remind myself that this wasn't always a thing, that I wanted it, I imagined it, and then I created it with my mind. Now, yes, I showed up and did things, but right, it all had to start with my brain. It had to start there. So I want to give you some examples. So I want you to know, first of all, that you're, you are familiar with done energy, but that you're just probably not used to holding it for any period of time. And so I, I came up with some examples because I want you to practice seeing where that done energy is happening on its own normally so that when you're in that space, you will actually catch yourself with awareness and kind of like stop and be like, oh wait, there's some done energy I can feel right here and now. Because before you, you create it on your own out of nothingness, you might create it out of something you're already doing in your normal life. So here's some examples of what this might look like. It's that space, right? Done energy is that space between having a baby and parenting the baby. 
right? Thinking about all the things you need to do to take care of a baby. It's that space between there where you're like, it's done. That accomplishment, that awe in the human body, that awe that that baby was created out of like cells. What? (laughs) That is a done energy between having a baby and like raising a baby. Done energy is the space between running an amazing free training and, right, here's the, here's the gap, either doing the consults that came from it or questioning what needs to change because it didn't create consults. Do you see how there's two things there? There is a done energy about, I created this amazing training. I brought these people together. I created something they want. I showed up in a better way than I ever have before right that doneness that accomplishment that calmness that pride done energy is between right it's it's in that space between creating consults consults coming really easily and closing the consults I'm thinking of a client in particular and she's built her funnel. She's brilliant at her funnel. She's nailing who her person is. She's nailing her Facebook ads. She has it down to a science. She told me on the call this week, I want six consults a week. And so I just changed my budget and I get six consults a week. Right? You hear that doneness, but what's between that doneness of her brilliance and Facebook ads is, is the other phase, which is closing the consults. That doneness is in that space in between. And it's so normal for the human brain to just jump over the doneness, spend like half a second there, and jump into the next thing. Your mind has probably told you in the past this is productive. Even that like harshness of like, yeah, that was good, but let's get on with it. But what you have to reteach your brain is to be in that in-between space longer. In fact, not just in that space, but to hold it like pretty much a good chunk of your time, right? Just as much as you're holding a calmness, you can actually also hold a done energy. It's that space between signing a client and starting to think about the next client, I see this where people are like, yeah, I mean, I signed a new client, but I got to move on to the next one. This isn't enough, right? It's that space between where one client was enough. It is enough. It feels good. It feels accomplished. It's that space between nailing your goal and setting another one. A client was telling me, (laughs) she was like, um... Like, like just this sense of like, I'm going to give myself permission to feel proud and accomplished when I hit the goal. That, that there's this element of like holding that back. And, and I think this is very normal. Until I learned not to do it, that's exactly what I did. I thought life would be different. It would feel better there. And I didn't know it was my job to learn how to feel that way now. And so what I asked her was like, yeah, but what's going to happen when you hit the goal? She's like, I'm going to set another one. Like, exactly. And your brain will tell you the same thing. I can't feel proud. I can't feel accomplished until I get there. So done energy is about nailing, right? Feeling that space between you doing the thing you wanted to do and the next thing that is just a natural progression next. 
It's an emotion in your body that the thing is done because it's in your control. It's a groundedness, it's a calmness, it's a, it's a certainty, it's an energy. It's an experience that when you are building a consistent business, you will need to have. You will need to pause in that in-between to experience that emotion so that you can give it to yourself whenever you need it. Because I want you to think about how different would it be to set a goal and then just practice having a steadiness and having this done energy. It would make it a lot more enjoyable. It would make the experience of going through that goal more enjoyable. It would make the journey and the process less grueling (laughs) because there isn't any pressure then, right? It's like, no, I just know for sure I'm going to hit it. There's no pressure that I have to do it now. There's no problem if I didn't nail it because it's done. It is done. The third experience is a sales energy. Oof, I love it. And I love that these are like not just one emotions, but they're combinations of things, right? Steadiness, it's mostly calmness, right? Done energy. And then we have the sales energy. And the reason that it was so clear to me that we had to have this, I don't know if you can hear my kids. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But this is the joys, right? Building a business, family's all here. So one of the things that I noticed is that when my clients were learning how to nail this calm energy, they were staying in that calm, steady space. But I want you to keep in mind that, right, calm, steady space is like Buddhist monk. No Buddhist monk is building a $100,000, $200,000, $500,000 million business. Instead, right, they're sitting still and they just feel pretty good. So sales energy is that emotion, that energy, that experience that you're going to need to break your steadiness, right? But you need the steadiness first, right? Because that steadiness is the relief that my clients need from themselves, from their habit of feeling full of pressure and obsession, right? But that steadiness isn't enough. So we have this sold energy. Now, just like the doneness, right? Sold energy isn't one feeling. It's a combination of feelings. It's, it's a fire. You know what I'm talking about? That fire in your body, that passion, a drive, a commitment, this like fullness of belief, And a lot of times I see my clients trying to focus on how to speak to and sell to their person, right? When their brain tells them that the problem is I need to get in front of more people or I need to work on my messaging, they just like go to work on like, how do I speak to them? How do I do it differently? But a sold energy, right? Sales energy, it's not about your person. A sales energy is always about you. It starts with you. It starts by selling yourself on what you sell. It starts by selling yourself on who you help. It starts with why you help them in the first place, why you chose them, why you're the best person to help them, right? It's you being sold on all of those things. What does sold mean? 
It's feeling that fire. It's feeling that passion, that drive, that commitment in your body about all of those things, about the impact of what you teach your clients and how it helps them so powerfully. Now, how you're going to know you're in this sold energy is that it's going to, you're going to feel a tingle, right? Like I can feel fire. It's kind of like that fight or flight emotion, right? Like that fight, I feel it like that fire growing in my body. I feel it. And when I'm believing about the impact of what I teach, I feel this tingle that goes through me, right? Sometimes I get a little emotional because I think about the impact. I think about, right? Like, yes, I teach my clients how to build consistent businesses, but it doesn't stop there, right? Because really, what am I doing? I'm teaching them how to be in control of their mind. I'm teaching them the entire equation to create any result they want, And what I know is, is that even though I spent all of my money on coaching in the beginning on how to grow my business, how to grow my mind in my business, all of that work seeped into my life. And so right now I have a 16 year old daughter who wants to have sex with boys. Yeah, multiple. (laughs) And you know what I have? I have a mind that allows me to remember that I'm in control of myself. And so it doesn't just impact my business. It seeped into every part of my life because now I'm still probably crazy when it comes to my teenager, but I'm less crazy. (laughs) I'm more loving and understanding of my daughter. I'm more accepting of the fact that we as humans get to do anything we want And that my job, because I've practiced this skill as a coach, I get to bring that habit into my child where I'm like, oh, she's a human. She gets to make any choice she wants. And my only role here is to love her, to give her guidance to, right? But I would never have had this exact experience I'm having of raising a teenager if I hadn't done this work on my mind. So when I think about the impact on my clients, I get tingly because I know the impact on my life. Do you see that though? I didn't jump to what's the impact on my clients' lives. I sold myself. I got tingly on my own life because when I think about it, right, it always has to start with us. When you sell yourself first, selling other people will never be hard because it just seeps through every part of who you are. That passion for what you do, for that, that passion of what you believe in. So what this looks like, I was thinking about how to, how to explain this, how to make this so simple and clear so you know how to use it yourself. I think I've told you some pretty good stuff, right? Like that it's about selling yourself, but I want to give you an example. So sales energy is like making a recipe and loving it so much that you tell people about it. Now, post about it on social media, tell them individually. I'm talking conversations about it, not just like, hey, yeah, you should check it out, right? Sold energy is like you feel it in your body. You're like, no, seriously, go make it right now, (laughs) right? You're not thinking of yourself and what you get because usually it's nothing. You're thinking about how much other people are gonna enjoy this. 
how it's like, oh my gosh, they don't even know this thing exists. This is going to break their mind with deliciousness and I must tell them about it. This is what sales energy looks like when it just happens, right? It's just happening to you. And I just recently experienced this. I made this cake. I actually just posted it on my personal Facebook page. So go and find it. But I watched a video of this woman and she, I don't know, it was something like this woman's messing in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, that's kind of intriguing. And she made this cake and she talked about her family's been making it for decades. And I watched her make this cake like multiple times. <laughs> I watched this video and I, you know, the thoughts I started to have were like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. I want to make that. That looks kind of good. It was chocolate on chocolate. I don't love chocolate on chocolate. I would never buy and eat chocolate on chocolate. Like if there was no, if that was the only cake available at a birthday party, I wouldn't have a piece, right? That's how much I don't like chocolate on chocolate. So when I watched her make this recipe, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this looks good. I'm going to try this. It's my husband's birthday week. So I made the cake. You guys, the cake was amazing. I texted a picture of it to my daughter. I texted a picture of it to my mom. I told my mom that she needed to come over the next day and eat some. While she was eating it, I kept talking about how good the cake was, right? It's not like, oh, here, have a cake, enjoy. No, no, I wanna have conversations about how good the cake is. Like, guess what the frosting is made out of, and, right? The whole thing. We, every time we ate the cake, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best cake I've ever had. So much love for this cake. I posted on social media. I was like, people need to know about this cake. It's so good. That is sold energy. I am sold on this cake. I'm like, yeah, I'm making this again. <laughs> I do think if you make the cake though, that you should not eat it all in a couple of days because it doesn't feel good in your tummy. I'm not sold on that, so just a heads up. <laughs> but one of the things that happens, and this is actually how you've been able to create such amazing success in the past, but why when you bring it to your coaching business, it looks different, is it's that sometimes there are things in our brain that click together and it just happens, right? That sold energy just is there. But the skill of building a consistent business is that you learn to develop that sold energy. Now, how do we develop a sold energy? It's through your thoughts. It's the thoughts about what you sell. It's the thoughts about yourself. It's the thoughts about the person you serve. It's your thoughts about what's possible for them. You develop those thoughts on purpose. You repeat them. You see the thoughts that are in there that just might not be helping. You don't just think these thoughts as mantras. You feel the power and depth of them. Like a tree has like solid big roots, you develop roots around these thoughts. When you think the thought, your mind goes off to find proof and evidence. You teach your brain to go off and find proof and evidence to create that depth and power of feeling in your body, right? You repeat that emotion to teach your mind. You repeat those thoughts, right? The thought and the emotion so that it develops that root of energy inside of you. And your brain will then create a familiarity with holding that soldness and that belief 
And it'll get to the point then where it's like you aren't trying to believe, you just do believe. And this is key when you're thinking about building a consistently growing business. Because consistently growing means that at some point, your status quo won't create the result you want. The way you think will create a very particular result, but because you reset a goal higher, your brain's no longer going to be like, oh, wait, this is... This isn't working. It worked to get to me to here, but now I'm gonna need to reset my default mind to create a different and higher result. You have to reset your beliefs. And so when I think about building a consistent business, I think of it like a baklava dessert, right? Where it's like a flaky layered dessert and you're building those layers. Because once you build in this belief and this ability to hold this steadiness of energy, this done energy, this sold energy, and you develop out the thoughts and the beliefs, those are always there. Now you're going to build on them as you move into different levels, as you scale your business, but the core of them are there. The habit, the ability, like the process of knowing how to do it is already in you. You will have to remind your brain, right? Because your brain will be like, oh, this is so weird and different and new. I think sometimes too, that's the hardest part about that first 100,000 is that your brain's like, wait, is this new? What's happening here? And you're teaching it. No, no, we're just repeating a process. Oh, I'm not believing right now. Yep, this is normal. This is part of the process. Part of believing is not believing. And you're teaching your brain that you're just repeating a process over and over. Now, the fourth experience and final of growing a consistently growing business. This is the one, right? I said those first three, you're going to enjoy them. But this one, it's not going to feel as good. But this is the most, I don't know, it's hard to say most important, but most important to growth. This is going to be the reason that you break your default and keep moving higher and higher. You ready for it? It's being triggered. Yeah, that's what I said. Getting triggered is actually an essential experience to building a consistently growing business. Now, I've done a podcast on this a little while ago. So if you go back through podcasts, it's episode 26, how to process getting triggered. And that is going to walk you through how to process that process. (laughs) But getting triggered... It's the best way, like like the best way to experience getting triggered is when you know how to feel calm and steady first. This is why feeling calm in your business, having that steadiness of emotion is the first layer. Because when you feel steadiness, the difference is, is that you notice when your body shifts, right? You, when, you're, when you're coming from a steady state and you feel that triggering, Your brain has this like, wait a minute, right? You realize that something has changed and that there are some things in your mind that need to be looked at. And that's like that red alert, right? If there was a light in the corner of your eye, when you normally feel steady, that light will still, will go off when you get triggered because your brain will be like, oh, I don't feel steady and calm anymore. What's happening? So being triggered is essential because it's where your growth is going to happen. I want you to think about what is being triggered. It's, it's something happening 
and your mind having thoughts about it. Now, the way you know your mind is having thoughts, because you start to feel different. You probably feel awful. There's nobody who's like, I was triggered into feeling amazing. No, that's not what happens. (laughs) You get triggered and you feel awful. And so that growth is there because when you feel that, that emotion, it's telling you that there are thoughts that are inside of your subconscious and hey, here's what they are. And you have the option. You can suppress them. You can push them back in the closet and close it or you can work on them. You can work through them. And I'm not saying that you're going to have some 100% growth and that that thought's never going to come back out again. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that if you think of it like these drawers are popping out at you when you get triggered, what's, what happens is, is that once you create this like, oh, there's that popping, I felt that like jerk of emotion because it popped at me, right? My brain's like, ooh, that's alarming. What you learn to do is you learn to look in the drawer, see what thought it is, work through it, and however far you work through it, right? You feel different, you feel better, even if it's just a little, and then you put it back in. And the next time it pops out at you, you aren't thinking, well, this isn't helpful, so I don't recommend thinking it, but you aren't thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't do the work. I didn't, right? Like, obviously I suck at this and this will, like, it's just going to keep going. And right now you're thinking, ah, yes, there's that thought again. This is my chance to work on it some more. This is my chance to do a little bit more cleanup on it, put it back, because eventually it's either just going to keep popping out and you'll keep doing the work or it'll stop popping out altogether. There are some thoughts that I don't think anymore that I thought in that first 100K. There are some thoughts that I don't think for a really long time and then they pop back up. And then there are other thoughts that are just really easy to spot like clockwork. I still believe them to some extent. And so the reason I know that they're happening is because I feel that shift in my body. Like one of those thoughts is this better be good, right? When I go to create a podcast, when I go to write an email, sometimes I feel that heaviness. I feel this pressure, this edginess. And when I stop and I look at my mind and I'm like, what's happening here? The thoughts that come out, one of them very regularly is this has to be good. And so Right? When we think about that drawer being triggered, that's my thought that's in that drawer. So I take it out, I work on it, I put it back, I'm like, yep, getting the podcast done, we're good. And that's going to be the process of being triggered. Right? Because when you're calm, one of the dangers is that you will stop working on your mind. You will you'll stop thinking that there's stuff in there. Because in the past, right, you worked on your mind because you felt bad. But we want to get you to the place where you're not working on your mind because you feel awful, although that will certainly be part of it. (laughs) You'll work on your mind because you're like, hmm, there's a result that I want. And the only reason I don't have it is because of the way I think, the way that I problem solve, because of the way that I handle certain things in my mind now. And I'm learning to do it in a new way. I'm learning to teach my brain something different. So there's two ways that triggers are going to happen, right? Because I tell you this fourth experience, it's being triggered, but I want to go a little bit further here. So there's two ways that triggers will show up. One of them is that they're going to feel like they're happening to you. So normally this isn't a great thing, but it's going to be part of the experience, right? It's just going to happen. 
And what that means is that you're going to be on social media. You are going to be with your family. You're going to be coaching a client. You're going to be listening to a podcast. And you're going to feel the shift in your body. You're going to feel that tightness. You're going to feel your breath start to shallow. And your thoughts are 100% going to shift in a different direction. You were going one path. And then suddenly, because of this trigger, your mind goes off in a completely different direction. Whatever you were thinking about before, you are no longer thinking about. Now you're thinking about this new thing. So one way that triggers are going to happen is they're going to, they're going to happen to you as you go about your normal life. The other way that triggers are going to happen is that you are going to trigger them yourself. Now, there isn't one of these that are better than the other, but I would say you want to be doing the second one for yourself to create consistent growth. So the first way of like thoughts, like triggering to you, that's the kind of stuff you want to manage. That might be that you manage how often you're on social media. That might be you manage how many podcasts and like sources you put in. But no matter how much you try and manage and mitigate that one, it's still going to happen. So it's kind of accepting of like, oh yeah, that's part of it, but I can, I can change circumstances to make it a little less. The second way though of, of triggers being created is one that you do on your own. This is you creating your growth on purpose. Now, how do you do it? You set goals and timeframes. That's going to trigger your mind. There are going to be thoughts you have about goals. There are going to be ways you treat yourself when you don't hit a goal. There's going to be thoughts you have as the time frame changes. There are going to be things that come up like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this pressure and hustle anymore, right? Good. That is a thought that needs to be cleaned up because what your brain is believing is that the goal and the time frame are creating that, but really it's your thoughts right? It's you getting to see the stuff that needs to be cleaned up that always needed to be cleaned up, but that you just believed it. Like it was in your head and you didn't realize it was optional. Another way you're going to trigger yourself is that you're going to surround yourself with amazing, brilliant coaches who are also striving to grow their business and they're doing it around you. That is going to trigger you. Sometimes it's going to trigger you in ways that makes you feel bad. No, pretty much always, right? That's what a trigger is. But then once you get through that trigger, there's that point where you're like, wait a minute. If they can do this, I can do it too. Right? I remember in the mastermind that I'm in, there was a, was it last year? I don't remember. I think it was last year. And it was at the very beginning of the year. And two of the women in the mastermind had their first like $30,000 months. And I remember from my own brain, I was like, wait a minute, what? I didn't even know we could do that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And then the minute I found out it was a thing, my brain and I were like, done. If they can do it, I can do it too. And I think it was the next month or maybe the month after that, I did it. I created a $40,000 month. But it took that trigger, right? That like, that breaking of my, my world and my own brain to, to realize like, oh, that's possible. So you're going to trigger yourself by setting goals and timeframes. You're going to trigger yourself by surrounding yourself with coaches who are striving for the things you want to. You are going to trigger yourself by risking failure. 
You are going to trigger yourself by hiring a coach and inviting them to see your mind. And that's going to be triggering. And that's okay because it's part of growth. So these four experiences, these four emotions, these energies, they're all learned. They're balanced, they're honed, and at every level, you repeat them at a better and better expertise. It's never that it stops and it goes away. It's you just get better at using these experiences for yourself instead of against yourself. So if this is the, this is the kind of work that we do in the Consistent Business Builder Mastermind, my mastermind. It's the work I do with coaches. It's the work I do with hard workers who are sick of all the action and effort and energy they're putting in, not creating the results they want. They want to build their business with ease. They want to build their business in a simple way that doesn't feel awful. They want a step-by-step process. How do I navigate my mind? How do I create control of this part of myself rather than just constantly trying to control the action of what they're doing? So if that's you, you need to apply for my mastermind because it's amazing. And it's the exact work you're going to do to learn how to create the consistent business you want. So you want to go over to my website. It's www.elizabethsalazarcoaching.com. And under the work with me tab, you're going to see a section for the mastermind. Now, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we're either going to be open or it's going to be a wait list. So put your name on the wait list and when it's time, be ready to get in. Okay. I hope that you go out and use these four experiences to begin to create the shifts you need today to consistently grow your business. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Before you go, take a minute and leave a review and hit that subscribe button. (laughs) These are actually the only two ways that I have to know who's on the other end. And so if you haven't already, do those things and I'll see you next time. And I'll see you next time.